You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello. We'd love to connect. Kia ora church, my name's P. I am the uh, campus pastor here. Uh, to anyone tuning in, it's great to see you. If you have just come in from mowing the lawns, I honor you, I thank you. Uh, if you are sitting in your lounge in pajamas with a nice hot drink in front of you, it is great to have you here. Um, or also, if you are um, in a small group right now, in a church at home type environment, might not even be an official small group, it could just be at a mate's house. Uh, yeah, we welcome you here. It is so great to be doing church in community together. A special welcome to anybody here for the very first time. Maybe someone shared this post, or maybe um, or maybe you just thought, you know what, today's a good day to check out um, church. We're really grateful to have you here with us. Um, we are taking in the lead up to Christmas, because it's a hectic time, right? It's always a hectic time, but we're taking four weeks to sit aside uh, and say, okay, uh, what four things... Did the prophet Isaiah speak over Jesus as his name hundreds of years in advance? The prophet Isaiah said this in verse nine, uh, chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. I think that's an encouragement right there for somebody right now, that actually there is something that underpins our government. There is a higher form of authority. His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, but that's not what I want to preach on this morning. That's just a little extra. Uh, and it says, and he will be called, these four things, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. So today I want to share with you around the name mighty God. Jesus, the son, will be called mighty God. That's a controversial statement right there. You know, the names we give people and the names we give things really matter. They make a difference. They relate, uh, they drive often how we relate to that thing or person. And when my parents came to naming me, my mum, who's a medical professional, um, by the way, uh, was somehow convinced that she had magical mother knowledge that, uh, that, that science could not explain. She was convinced that I actually I was a girl. And, uh, and, my, and she was 100% convinced there was no talking her out of it. My dad, on the other hand, uh, knew, of course, with magical father knowledge that I was a boy, um, but he wasn't about to argue with his pregnant wife. In fact, later, ever since then, he's always said to me, you told me the story and says, you know, Pete, you should never argue with your pregnant wife. And he didn't. So, he, so, so as a couple, they only prepared a female name. And that female name was Linnell Jane MacArthur. Linnell Jane. That is, a, that is a terrible name. I don't care who you are. I was, it was the 80s, but there's no excuse for calling someone Linnell. In fact, if, if you're a guest with us today and you are called Linnell, we love you. We think you've got a great name. Linnell Jane. In fact, if someone was to come up to me after and say, hey, Pastor Linnell, I think we'd have to have some words. Um, I don't want that to be my new nickname, Pastor Linnell, uh, because names matter. Names matter. Uh, because in the Bible, actually, names, more, that names matter more in the Bible than even in our current society. Names become this kind of prophetic blessing that you speak over somebody. So every time you lose, use their name, you're speaking over them that thing. You're speaking into their future. You're affirming who God has created them to be. And what we call something often drives 
how we relate to it. What will you call Jesus? That's the question. Probably the question that is most important to you to answer in your whole life is what will you call Jesus? Hundreds of years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah called him mighty God. He is God Almighty. And Jeremiah chapter 32 says this. It says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. you have, he's saying you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. You know, there's times, I don't know if you've experienced it, I know I have, walking along the beach in Kaikoura and looking out at the enormous ocean, stretching on for miles and miles and miles. And then if you were to turn even 90 degrees or 180 degrees, you'd see beautiful, massive mountains dropping down into the sea. And in fact, they tell you at Kaikoura that the sea is deeper than the, than the ocean at that point. Uh, the, sorry, the sea is deeper than the mountains are high. It's absolutely vast, God's creation. And in that moment, you might be like Jeremiah and say, Oh God, you have made the heavens and the earth. You are indeed almighty. But then there are other times in life when the power of God is less visible. In those moments, our, 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 our faith can take a hit. We can start to doubt the powerful nature of God. Maybe for you right now, it's about your job. Uh, maybe you or someone close to you have lost their job recently. and You didn't expect in 2021 to have this challenge. And it's just kind of invaded your space and you can't think of anything else. You're starting to doubt what the Lord might do in this moment. Maybe you didn't lose your job, but the tension in your workplace of having team members, valuable team members, leave. Uh, and the grief that goes with it is feeling significant. And you're wondering to yourself, uh, how will things work out from here? Maybe for you uh, in your marriage or your close relationship you have is under the pump in an unexpected way that you did not expect to ha happen in December 2021. Oh, whatever it is at this point, I want to encourage you with everything I have that no matter what comes against you, no matter what challenges pop up in your life, no matter what fiery arrows the devil tries to throw at you, you have an almighty God who is Father, who is mighty indeed. He is fighting in your corner. He is backing you up, and He has said that all things work together. All things work together for the good of those who love. In fact, if you're watching right now, I want you to put this into the chat. All things, all things, put that into the chat right now. All things, all things mean all things. It means absolutely everything. Jesus is his name. He is fighting for you and he is called mighty God. Nothing is too hard for him. There are three characteristics of God I want to share with you. They all start with omni, the word omni. And so maybe you're here today and uh, you're new to faith and this is just a way for you to explore the things of God. Uh, maybe you're just exploring Jesus as a person. You're not really sure what you think. Or maybe you just need a reminder. Uh, here are some three things about who God is. First of all, God is omnipresent. God is omnipresent. That means he is absolutely present everywhere and at every time. That means that when I'm speaking here at 803 Main North Road and you're listening in your home, God is equally present with you as he is right here in this pulpit. 
That means that God was present back in the past in your struggle. He is present for you right now, and He is present 100% in the future uh, of your life and what He is about to do. He is present. He is present everywhere at all times. God is omnipresent. He's also omniscient. That means that He is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. And, and not, not all-knowing like a supercomputer. Like, hypothetically, if there was a computer with unlimited data storage, God would not be like that thing because He is not just the able to store an unlimited amount of facts and knowledge. He is all-knowing and all-wise. That means that while our God knows and sees all, He is all-wise. Every word that comes from His heart, every word that comes from His mouth is perfectly weighted perfectly waited for you right now. Every time he acts, his choices are 100% best for any and every situation. Our God is all wise. Our God is all present. He is all wise and he's also omnipotent. That means he is all powerful. It is deeply encouraging to me anyway, I really hope it is for you, that, that our God is present in everything. He is all wise, but those two things are not enough. He also has to be actually able to do something about it. He has to be all powerful. There is no limits for what he can do. There is no obstacle in your life he cannot overcome. There is nothing in the government that he can't use. Our God, his name is Jesus Christ, and he is all powerful. Can I get an amen, somebody? In your own home, just say amen. It might feel weird. Amen. You can drink your cup of tea in a moment. You're amening right now. Amen. Awesome. It's a simple question, though, that all of us have had at one point or the other. We have heard somebody declare the power of God, and then really, even if it's a tiny whisper in the back of our minds, we've thought, okay, well, what does that actually mean for my daily life? Because we've had that experience where we've felt that we've had a need, we've prayed for God to meet that need, and then what he does next is something different that we did not ask for. We have a need, and we pray for God to meet it, but then he meets it in an alternative way. We wonder, okay, well, how does that work? Maybe we prayed for somebody to change their mind, but instead God softened our hearts. Maybe we prayed for money, but he taught us how to budget. Come on. That, that, that's, a, that's a personal example right now. <laughs> Maybe we prayed for healing, but God gave us the faith to trust him instead. And in those experiences, it leads us to question. We say, yeah, Pete, I know that God is all powerful, but actually, how does that work? How does that work? Because it can't be God just taking the shopping list of my life and giving me absolutely everything that I ask for. I want to encourage you today, three things in practical ways that this works, that Jesus, who is almighty God, demonstrates his power. And the first one is this, Jesus's power is at work in you. It's in you. The apostle Paul writes to the Philippian church about the power of God, and he says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, for God is working in you, in you. Pop this into the chat. It's in you. It's in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is at work to demonstrate his might and power 
in your life. It's in your life. You might see that in different ways. It might, for you, it might be when you notice a more grace-filled response to conflict than you would normally respond to. That's God at work in your life. That's powerful. When you feel a strange sense of peace, even a small amount of peace in troubled times, even just peace for a moment, that is God at work in you. When you feel a sense of compassion for somebody who is acting out in their behavior, particularly if it's behavior that affects you, and you feel in that moment a strange sense of peace that you wouldn't normally feel, that is God at work in you. To quote, like Philippians says, give you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. You know, for me, if I ever need to be uh, reminded in my own life about the power of God, I remember the people that I know and love and what they were like before they met Jesus. You know, I, I consider myself a good friend most of the time, but, I, but I'm not a miracle worker. I can't bring patience into your life. You come knock on my door at 2 a.m. as much as you like, you'll get a, not patience. That's not what you'll get. You won't get patience, absolutely. I can't bring patience into your life. I can't bring peace or joy or the ability to forgive. But praise God, time and time again, there is God at work in you who can bring peace, who can bring patience, who can give you the power and ability to forgive because our God is a mighty God and He is at work in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's getting hot in here. (laughs) Woo! In uh, 2019, I was on a missions trip to Sri Lanka and a few days before we were to leave, we were to leave on a Wednesday and then on the Sunday we received word that there had been a major terrorist attack in the main uh, uh, capital of Sri Lanka in 2019 on churches and on a hotel. We prayed about whether we would go or not, and we made the choice to go anyway. And when we prayed, I had a sense of peace that it was actually the right choice. But when you're on the plane and there are no stopovers between where you your plane has taken off and when you're about to land, that that peace is challenged. And as the plane was coming in to land, I was overwhelmed by uncertainty because those who planned the attack were still on the run. They had not been apprehended. We did not know whether there were more attacks still coming. They had targeted Christians. We were Christians going to uh, minister. And on that plane, as the plane landed right there in my seat, God spoke to me and he spoke to, gave me a verse from Psalm 16 verse 8. I really believe this is for somebody this morning. It says this, I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. As I read those words in my Bible, as the plane touched down, this peace descended on me right there in my seat. God didn't miraculously take me out of the painful situation. Instead, he placed his peace within me and his protection around me. God's power is at work in you. When we call Jesus the mighty God, he's mighty partly because he is at work in you. When we think about what it means in our lives for Jesus to be at work as a mighty God, We need to understand that he is both in you as well as Jesus' power is at work for you. That's the second point. It's at work for you. Often we find ourselves in the humbling experience of weakness. 
and uh, we're not used to it. We don't like weakness. We don't like the feeling that, that we wish we could give more, but we can't. We like self-sufficiency where we're independent from other people. But God instead actually desires that we trust him. We trust him in our weaker moments. And so instead of uh, taking away the thing that is highlighting our own sense of limits and highlighting our own weaknesses, he will go to work for us on our behalf. Apostle Paul struggled with this as well, and he got a revelation. This is what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 about his own weakness. He had this handicap, and he asked God to take it away three times intensely in prayer. God said no three times. This is what it says in verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardship and persecution and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, Paul is saying that I am at my strongest when my human nature is surrendered to the power of God and the power of God does not take away the things that I am feeling uncomfortable by, but instead adds its peace to and comes through in my weaknesses to work on my behalf. It's God's power at work for me, for me. Now, I've shared this story before and I'll share it again. Um, Sarah and I, we pay tax uh, for her business. We do. That's good. I'm, I shouldn't have paused there. <laughs> These guys are laughing at me. You guys are kind, though. These naughty, naughty people. Sarah and I pay tax for our business based on the previous year's income. And so when, when we, uh, Sarah stopped working to have kids, we still had a large tax bill to pay and uh, limited very little income to actually do it. And so uh, we won, in this particular occasion, this caught me by surprise, we got a tax bill of $8,000. And I calculated that if we maxed out our credit cards and spent all our savings, we could only just cover the bill. And so I wasn't overly worried because we've been in those situations before. It sucked, but we could pay it. Uh, that was when another bill arrived for an additional $6,000. And I didn't know how we were going to pay it. Didn't know, I felt embarrassed that we were even in that situation. I felt weak. Um, I did not know how we were going to get that money. Banks do not lend you money to pay taxes with. Um, that's just the truth. And so for two weeks we prayed and nothing happened. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. At the end of the time, just a few days before the payment was due, the accountant found that there'd been some kind of overpayment or some kind of mistake in the system. And actually what we needed to pay was much, much less. And we could afford it. But I want to tell you this, in that moment I felt weak. I felt embarrassed at our situation. But in our weakness as a couple, God showed up and demonstrated his power on our behalf. He didn't miraculously take away the problem. Instead, he worked for me. Jesus is a mighty God. He shows his power in you, for you. And finally, this is my final thought for you this morning. Jesus' power is at work through you. It's through you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, 
but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Romans and the Greek mindset placed a high value on persuasive words, on wise words, on wisdom. And so Paul, being the, being the genius that he was, could have come with those things. But instead, he chose not to because he didn't want there to be any doubt in anybody's mind that it was the Lord at work and not him. If something happened to him, if he was killed or if he was sick or if for some reason he had to leave that community, he wanted it to be 100% clear that it was the Holy Spirit that was at work and not him. Paul says, I came in my human strength as ordinary. I was deliberately ordinary. I want to tell you this as we close today. God's power moves through ordinary people doing ordinary things. And I want to speak directly to somebody's heart today. And you're here saying, you know, Peter, I hear you saying that God's power can work through people uh, or work through you, but you don't know me. You don't know how ordinary I am. When I look in the mirror, I don't see somebody who can, who can minister in the power of the Spirit. I just see someone who's maybe often afraid or something like that. I want to tell you today that God's power is working in you and through you simply because you are ordinary. I'm ordinary. We're all ordinary people doing ordinary things. You might say, you know, P, I'm not a people gatherer. Other people, they can, they, they can gather large groups of people, but that's not me. I want to tell you today that you can be a minister right where you are right now because God uses the ordinary things. He has always used the ordinary things. You might say, Pete, my home is not very large and my, my furniture, it's not, it's not fancy. I can't have people over on a Sunday morning to worship and minister with them um, in an online service. You say, well, no, that's totally okay. Ordinary homes, ordinary f uh, furniture can be uh, conduits of the power of God. God shows his power through ordinary people. I want you to step out in faith and gather people anyway. God uses the ordinary brand of tea. We don't need Dilma at your house for God to show up powerfully. You can just use budget tea bags, budget biscuits, uh, torn couches. It does not matter. In the name uh, and the power of God, God uses ordinary things on ordinary, uh, just you can serve people, things of God on ordinary plates. That's both a metaphor and a practical consideration. God uses ordinary people doing ordinary things to show the world who he is. At Elam, as part of our Elam DNA, we believe that everyone is a minister. That's one of our big things. We believe that everyone is a minister. And it comes from this idea that God's power works through ordinary people. Is it work through you? So if God's speaking to you today about stepping up in this season, Taking the next few weeks to gather people, to minister in your home. Don't wait for somebody else to, to step in there. God has chosen you. He's using you. And he will do something powerfully in your life and in those who you minister to because you're ordinary people. We're ordinary people. Share food and pray together. Well, as we close this morning, I want to tell you that, that here in Belfast, in our community, we have bold expectations of God. We have a vision to see a beautiful church building that blesses and adds value to the community of Belfast. We have a vision for that. We have a vision 
for exciting children and youth programs that connect with young people and lead them to a relationship with Jesus. We have a vision that every Sunday morning, people would be coming to church for the very first time and they would be meeting God. We, not, we want people from all walks of life to know God, for people to find freedom and community, for people to discover their purpose and how God's wired them, and to step out in faith and make a difference. And every single one of those things requires the power of God. I can introduce you to Jesus, but only His power in your life will draw you into relationship with Him. Every single part of our vision is, uh, is not human ability-centered, but God's power-centered. I want to tell you today, there will be a day in the future, perhaps years from now, where we will look back and we will see every part of that vision completed. And on that day, we will know that it was because God's power works through ordinary people doing ordinary things, that we understand that our God is a mighty God. He works in our hearts. He works for us in our weak moments. And He works through us as a community. Thank you for listening to this Elam Church Christchurch podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every Sunday at 10am.